Happy Monday and welcome back to the 20th week of the Into the Night Minute, a show where each and every week teams of podcasters usually get together and talk about uh, this 1985 John Landis comedy, the little known but well uh, controversial film Into the Night. I am your host this week, uh, Jim O'Kane, and a special guest this week is someone who I, I don't know anybody who hates this movie more, uh, my lovely wife, the captain herself, Nancy O'Kane. Here I am. Hello, people. Um, I'm I'm serving as the substitute teacher this week. We, we do this whenever one of the guest hosts is unavailable or there isn't a guest host, then I get called in. So, <laughs> so she here I on, am. She so everybody her... take, take your seats and we'll get ready to start. Yes. We're, what chapter were we on last time? Uh, make sure you get the Harlequin glasses on with the a little protector. Well, now we're dating ourselves. Okay. We are. Well, it's an eight, 1985 movie, so yeah, everybody sit down, take out your books, turn to chapter 96. Yes. So we're looking at uh, the the endless uh, conversation between uh, Ed Oaken and Shaheen Pavisi, who is uh, tr- they're negotiating what to do after Diana calls. It's um, starting with yet another lame joke about who Ed works for. And then it ends with uh, well, we're, uh, a place where a stack of money is about to land on a scene of uh, Persian royalty from the past, I guess. That's, it almost looks like Greek royalty, but not quite. Um, and the reason I'm familiar with that, and the reason I love this minute because Irini Pappas is in it, is because I took not one but two classes in Greek drama this past semester. And we watched um, Michael Kakianis's films starring her in one, she was Iphigenia, and in the other film, she was actually Iphigenia's mother, Clytemnestra, and she was wonderful in both those films. So I am happy to see she's still working and still lovely. Yes, a charming woman. She really, you know, raises this movie up from the depths of really mediocre performances for the most part. Hmm. Um, I would put her, then uh, David Bowie, and then uh, <laughs> everybody else in the cast doing their jobs to uh, do, uh, do this film. Yeah, she she really is perfect for this role. I can't picture anybody else being as as haughty and indignant at the same time. <laughs> she she carries like she carries the whole scene herself. Mm. I think she's just everything. Everybody else is kind of draped around her, but that but really comes through. And probably the, I, I guess you you would consider this the high point of the movie. It yeah. was one of my favorite parts, I'll say that, and I don't have very many favorite parts here. Now, let's let's get into that. I mean, I know you could probably do them alphabetically or categorically, but <laughs> what are the what are the things that bother you the most about this film? Oh dear. Um, mostly, I think the thing that bothers me is it can't make up its mind. Is it a comedy? Is it a caper film? Is it you know good guys, bad guys? I, one moment that I remember that I, I think I hated the most is when they were in that room where the television was on and they've got people stabbing each other and dead bodies lying on the floor and Abbott and Costello prominently in the background. It just, I wanted to shout at the screen. I said, you know, make up your mind, choose one, choose the other, don't put them both together. Mm, wow, but that that is the pretty much the uh, reason d'etre of uh, Abbott and Costello movies. I mean, they're just comedy <laughs> with lots of uh, capers going on and I... Oh. I don't know about you, but I hardly ever laugh at Abbott and Costello films. I don't. <laughs> no, I I like them, but they're they're not meant to be the background for murder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's yeah. It, it, I mean, I guess that that's the chief complaint that I've heard from other people is that they don't like the way that it's they they come up with points where there's laugh lines, and you're thinking, well, that's supposed to be funny at this point, so I guess I'm supposed to laugh. Yeah. And, and that happens in places like where they shoot the dog, where they shoot the uh, the parrot 
where they sh- yeah, yeah exactly it's it comes out of the blue and you you have to shift too quickly without warning from funny movie to serious movie i i just don't like that and another thing um speaking of reasons why i don't like this film the the cameos that occur seems like every five to ten minutes especially now when you're watching the movie because i think modern viewers watching this wouldn't have any idea who most of these people are and even you know having lived through those days and supposedly knowing who those people are i don't recognize them anymore i don't the the one that caught my attention because i still recognize what he looks like was jim henson but my only thought was why is he in this scene what's he doing there and there's a lot of that in this film yeah it it, the whole movie is a lot of way too much inside baseball and it's uh I understand what Landis was trying for, and I understand that these are all Landis's friends who are trying to show, um, you know, unanimity or solidarity with him while he's going through the uh, the trial for the Twilight Zone uh, deaths. But it just it's very distracting. Yes, it, and you you shouldn't need to know a backstory like that to appreciate a character in a film. No, and I mean there are other movies where there are lots of cameos, of things like Grand Hotel, or It's a Mad 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 World where. You ex- like the the point of a cameo. They'll pause, the f- you know, like in a Mad 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 World. They'll just scan the crowd, and you'll suddenly see the Three Stooges there. Everybody in the audience knows who the Three Stooges are. So it's like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you you happen to see Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's like, oh, I should know that's Lawrence Kasdan, and that he's a detective in this, and isn't that funny? But unless no, you're, but it's it's not. I don't think it was funny at the time. It's certainly not funny watching the movie again now. It, it would probably be funny if, like, you had a personal subscription to Variety and Hollywood Reporter, then you're, you'd be in that, you know, that, that 30 mile zone, the TMZ of, uh, of Los Angeles. Those people would find it funny. But this is like, it's just, just too much of a party with not, not, uh, not connected to the storyline. Is, is that what TMZ stands for? Yes. Ter- ter- I- no. <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> I've, 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 you've lived a sheltered life with me. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I ever thought about what it means until yeah. right this very moment. So, oh. see, you, you continue to add things to my life. There you go. Well, that's this is all being shot in the 30 mile zone. So that that was a place where uh, different salary rates applied. That's for people that worked in the studio system. If you were filming inside the TMZ. Then you got one pay rate. If you're going on location outside the 30 mile zone, then you got a different pay rate. So, huh. so that that became the insider's view of where they lived was the mm-hmm. TMZ. Now I'll have to start striking up conversations <laughs> with people so I can share this knowledge with them. So it's vegans, pilots, people doing CrossFit, and people who know what TMZ <laughs> stands for. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, um, this. Uh, I do. There is a good uh, writing line in this where, and I keep wondering. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit. I, I keep wondering if this line was ad libbed, where um, where Diana gets on the phone and she's threatening that you better you better let him go, let Ed go, if she ever if you ever want to see those emeralds alive again. Or <laughs> yes, that that line actually did make me laugh. In, in one of the rare times I laughed at this allegedly comedic movie. Wow, yeah, and that's probably one of the few lines in this entire minute that you could actually, you know, and she just, and I did like uh, Irene Pappas's response when she just kind of like looked at the <laughs> holes in the receiver like, what? Yes, <laughs> she she does great facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, she she is good. But one of the reasons I'm thinking a lot about ad-libs is that you and I were in a situation this past week 
where uh, the world kind of changed and we <laughs> we we heard from one of the quote unquote stars. Honey, your world might have changed. Mine oh. was just you know pleasantly for the improved. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I've been trying to get people from the movie to be on to be on our show so in some assorted weeks. I've reached out to the lady that played uh, uh, Ogan's wife, and she responded and then disappeared, so I don't know. Maybe we'll have her on before the show ends. And a lot of people no longer are with us, So, uh, but I, one of the people that I try to reach out to is uh, the uh, the very famous uh, Chrissy, Miss North America, the co-star of the Kalajak movie. Catherine Harold, who in a previous life was a uh, was an actress uh, in, this, in this movie, and uh, she's moved on to a different profession. And uh, I, yeah, I think she had a good time being an actress, but she would rather do other other things, and she's doing that right now. So uh, I had reached out to her and uh, left her a couple of messages, trying not to sound like a crazy person and failing miserably. Uh, I wouldn't say it was miserable. <laughs> failing nobly. Uh, but I had a, a call, several calls. I had missed a couple of calls from uh, from Catherine Harold, and I was I was very excited. Uh, that, that she called me, and so I was just coming back from an appointment in Dallas, and the phone rang in the car, and uh, Nancy was with me, and we suddenly heard, this is Catherine Harold returning your call. <laughs> oh, and I, he, he did very good. He, he didn't swerve to the side of the road or hit the car in front of him. That was, yes, I was being very careful, but mm-hmm. it was very exciting hearing Catherine Harold sounding just like she did in the movie. Not, not screaming, but she was, um, she was very, and not chewing gum. Uh, but uh, she said that she's she has a new career and she doesn't she's kind of put her acting life behind her so she'd rather not be a part of it and she said that she would she I, I told her I was very glad that she called and she said well I, I don't know if you'll be you'll still be glad for me calling after I tell you that I'm not going to be on your show so I've I've been turned down by Jacqueline Bisset so it's uh, this is not this is no sweat. Uh, but she she did answer a couple of questions, and I was very happy that she that she would answer it. She said that she did remember it, and she said she she had a good time, uh, as pleasant as ever uh, as any other movie, which kind of is uh, that could mean anything. Yeah, it could mean anything. She said it was no different than any other movie that she'd worked on. So good or bad, that was that was where she was. Uh, she did remember uh, working with Paul Mazursky, the uh, the creator of the monkeys there, and uh, she said he was a great he was a great person to act with. And uh, she left. She she let out a, a a bit of dish about the about the filming, that her scenes with Paul Mazursky were completely ad libbed, that all the all the bits th- th- that they did with where he was telling her to leave on the uh, the banner, the, the Miss North America banner while they were while they were in the uh, the Malibu beach house, and uh, that he was gonna he was gonna tape it this time and. Um, and you know, I guess everything down to the uh, the chewing gum part and calling the birds uh, uh, Mo, Larry, and Curly. That was that was all Mazursky coming up with uh, some great lines for the. They, they just had to get from point A to point B, and it sounds like uh, John Landis let them fill in the blanks. Um, so every <laughs> it's just interesting that that they came up with the idea of both chewing gum while they're kissing. This was <laughs> intriguing. But uh, she said that she said that it was uh, uh, kind of uh, it was exhausting coming up with looking looking scared while people were busting up the Malibu beach house around her, and uh, she talked about running back and forth on the beach. And the thing that she remembers the most was how cold it was on that beach in Malibu. This was filmed in October of '84, so uh, definitely not, not great weather. It's not great weather there any time of the year. The water comes straight from Alaska, so it's 
it's pretty uh pretty and I, I like the way that she said the hardest part of those scenes were trying not to shiver while she was on camera yeah and especially that part where she was laying dead in the surf mm-hmm. and the ice you know basically having buckets of ice water washing over her as the tide came in and not being able to move at all that uh that must have been difficult and she said also dying in ice cold water was not a lot of fun either especially when they're holding you know holding her under the water and uh, and hold, you know the camera in close on tight on her yep. and of course they didn't do that all in one take so she was a pretty frigid uh being in that scene and i keep wondering i wanted to ask her but i, I didn't have time to ask i just was wondering if uh if it was at that point as, the, as she was going under for the third time, she thought, you know, I'm going to get out of this acting <laughs> thing right here, right now. I'm going to enroll in college and make something of myself. <laughs> yes. Anything I'll take, you know, uh, HVAC or auto repair, any brick laying, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so she got out. She got out of the business. Uh, although she did, she was in an, another movie that I really enjoyed. If you get a chance to see it, it's kind of hard to find. It's not generally on uh, on cable. But she was in an Albert Brooks movie called uh, Modern Romance, and it was a, a really fine movie. Very funny. She's a she's a great comic actress. She's good at playing a uh, the straight person in a in a com- in a comedy, which I think is the more difficult role. It's easy to be funny. It's harder n- like to be stoic or not funny. And I think she did she did a really good job being the uh, the the stiff for uh, for Albert Brooks. Um, but uh, generally, I was I was really glad to hear from her. She I I had asked if I it was, would it be okay to talk about uh, the fact that we had talked and she had told me about these different things that were going on uh, during the movie. And she said, as long as you do it accurately. So, um, Miss Harold, if you're listening to this uh, to this particular episode, I hope I. Uh, express accurately what you said about the movie. If you'd like to come on and talk, we still have a couple of episodes left, so please, I know you have my number, so please call me back sometime. I would be happy to have you on the show. But if not, I understand. You know, people move on from uh, from things they used to do to things they're doing now, and uh, and that's completely understandable. Um, and I'm sorry my wife doesn't like this movie, but it's not my fault. I've let her sh- see it. I don't know. How many times have we seen this movie together? <laughs> More than well, you want. Well, if you want, to, you want to count all the times we've watched bits and pieces of it <laughs> one minute at a time, it's been several. Let's just yes. say several. Yes, you're, you're the, you're, you've, you've sat through it and suffered mightily. But um, if it's okay, I, I think... Let's let's talk a little bit more more about what you hate about this movie tomorrow, so we can we can uh, chat or maybe not hate or just a different. I'd like a different view. Oh, most of the people listening uh, to this show, I hope, have an honest love of the movie, but uh, they may they may feel many many of the things that you feel, and I do I, I agree that there are many weaknesses to this movie, but, uh, but let's talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, for folks uh, who have missed the past 95 episodes, what's wrong with you? Get in there. Listen to, uh, if you go to nightminute.com, you can listen to all the previous episodes. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on uh, Google Play. Just go anywhere there. Uh, click subscribe and uh, you'll get us delivered hot and fresh every morning, Monday through Friday for the next, uh, I don't know, 15 more episodes. But it's worth, it's worth uh, checking in on. Um, if also, if you'd like to reach out to us on the social media, we're available on the Facebook, the f- Facebook at uh, the King, uh, the King Lives Listeners Limo, and on Twitter at Night Minute. Uh, so anyway, join us here tomorrow. Me and the missus will be talking more about Into the Night. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 